Welcome to the Lubar Executive Education Podcast. In this episode, we look at the COVID-19 data to highlight why data models are mostly inaccurate, why that's okay, and how you as a leader can make good decisions with the data models in your business. Our featured speaker is Tim Rutherford, business consultant and adjunct faculty member at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, Sheldon P. Lubar School of Business. I'm recording this late May 2020 during what most people are calling the end of phase one of the coronavirus or COVID-19 pandemic. When we first discussed the topic for this podcast, we discussed making sense of COVID data and relating it to business analytics. The idea was to note that as a result of inaccurate data collection, assumptions, and analytical methodology, the COVID data we hear on the news is both inherently flawed and not telling the full story. The idea was to use current COVID-19 data as examples for what's happening within general business analytics. The COVID-19 examples I started documenting late March 2020 seem to be irrelevant within days. In fact, the examples I continue to document through April and into May changed so often that I just wasn't getting anywhere. Sometime mid-May, I realized that this is actually the lesson I was going for within this podcast. That analytics aren't some black and white, clearly defined approach or methodology, but something that changes when more data is presented and is filled with accepted inaccuracies because assumptions are part of the mathematical process. If you are unaware of how COVID-19 data analysis was presented during spring 2020, basically, the daily statistics were wrought with inaccuracies and the predictive models were, well, flawed. And the greatest minds around the world were behind all of this and they knew the data was inaccurate and that the models were flawed. And those who understood why it was inaccurate or flawed accepted it. When it comes to analysis, this is actually quite normal. I use the terms inaccurate and flawed, but this is part of what data scientists know and accept going into their analysis. It's accurate, flaws and all. If you lived through it and watched the news, you know that COVID-19 analysis changed. But in order to make the connection to business, let me briefly discuss why the COVID-19 data and analysis is either inaccurate or always changing or, well, both, and why that's actually okay. With COVID-19 around the world, the data being collected is inaccurate. What I mean by that is that having accurate data requires consistent data collection. Going back to early March 2020, coronavirus testing was largely unavailable. How do you accurately report the number of infected if you don't know if they are infected? We are talking about organics. The human body is constantly changing, and the virus is an invisible organism. This isn't like counting the toothpicks that fell out of the toothpick box with an exact number on the floor and an exact number left in the box. There are too many unknowns for that. Who is infected? If they aren't showing symptoms, how do we know to test them? And what if we don't have any tests? Also consider that certain government entities benefit from underreporting the number infected. Just this morning, BBC World News reported that Greece is opening back up for tourism. Their numbers are low. In fact, they noted there are no reported infections on the Greek islands. A follow-up to this was that they didn't do any testing on the islands, but there were no infections. Even how the data is presented can be problematic. Over the past month or so, Russia has been listed as one of the top four countries with COVID-19 infections. However, when you look at infections as a percentage of the population, Russia's infection rate is lower than the UK, Belgium, Portugal, France. We shouldn't just look at the total numbers, we should also consider the rate. At the same time, Russia has a reputation for adjusting to statistics to make the country look more positive. It's quite possible that Russia's data collection or official reporting of that data is inaccurate. 
I'm not going to spend too much time on this, as you can probably work it through realizing that until testing is 100%, meaning 100% accurate, which it currently is not, or a 100% requirement for every single human, which it is not and probably won't be, and reporting uses consistent presentation of the statistics, the COVID-19 data will be inaccurate or open for interpretation. Okay, so we're starting with inherently inaccurate data and then building predictive data models from that data. Well, those data models include assumptions. And while there's currently talk of various research facilities working together, the fact is that they are not necessarily sharing their methodologies and assumptions. This is why two different research facilities can take the same inherently inaccurate data and come up with two different predictive models. Those assumptions are taking into account the inaccurate data and using some sort of educated guess to predict how the viral organism is transmitted across organic human bodies. So this is actually acceptable. It's acceptable because those who know what they're doing, the trained data scientists and researchers, realize that it's all based on inaccurate data and assumptions and there's nothing they can do about it, so they make the best assumptive decision they can based on the data they do have. If you compare two different predictive models, the details may be different, but the general trends and what you can learn from them are similar. That's data science, that's analytics. Realistically, until we're finished with COVID-19, we probably won't have accurate models. And that's not helpful. You know, accurately predicting what happened in the past. All right, I don't want to spend too much time on this because this is about business analytics. So let's make the jump here. If our COVID-19 data relies on inaccurate information and our predictive data models include assumptions, what about the analytics being used by organizations all over the world? More importantly, are there inaccuracies and assumptions within your analytics? Well, your analytics are probably based on inconsistent data or other inaccuracies and include assumptions. Inaccurate analysis is part of the accepted process, and I can prove it to you. If business analytics were 100% accurate, no business would fail at anything. All of it requires assumptions, and there's probability within those assumptions. Data collection and predictive models go together. You can't predict without collected data, and how data is collected is often problematic. Let's say you're a manufacturer and you're wanting to develop a production forecast. To achieve that forecast, you need to work your way back to sales. You don't want to know current sales orders, you want to predict future sales orders. How do you predict future sales orders? Let's presume that your manufacturing company uses front-facing salespeople. You implement a sales tracking system which documents the sales cycle from prospects to proposals to contracts. You know that a certain number of prospects turns into a certain number of proposals, and a certain number of proposals turns into a certain number of sales orders. Easy. All you need to know is the number of current prospects, and you can predict future sales and your subsequent production forecast. But knowing the current number of prospects requires salespeople accurately tracking their prospects. What if one salesperson documents every new contact as a prospect, while another salesperson only documents prospects once they've sent a proposal? That first salesperson might be inaccurately adding 50 new prospects a week, while the second salesperson documents two or three a week. How many prospects are actually prospects? This is an example of how business data can be flawed. How do you accurately predict future sales if the initial prospecting data is inherently inaccurate? A data scientist familiar with analytical methodologies and the data can work around this. These are assumptions or corrections built in, probability of the data's accuracy, a risk factor. There are many names for it, but the predictive model takes the accepted data inaccuracy into consideration within the analysis. Okay, so maybe I lost you when I started talking about manufacturing and salespeople. What if it's not about production forecast or salespeople inputting data incorrectly? When I was in college, I worked at a local convenience store chain. My second year there, the district managers came up with a contest. 
They took the last summer's in-store sales and told all of the stores that if they increased same-store sales from one summer to the next, they would give away prizes. It was easy. During the summer months, all you had to do is increase same-store sales, and the winning store, the one with the highest percentage increase in sales, would win. My store won. <laughs> Our sales were up an incredible amount from one summer to the next. It was amazing. Our percentage change was in the double digits, while the number two store was single digits. Our team laughed. And why? Well, during the previous summer, the bridge down the street, a main artery in and out of the city, was being repaired. Our store's sales were weighed down because much of the regular traffic was diverted to other routes. The bridge opened late fall, and our regular traffic came back. We literally did nothing and won just because the bridge opened. Our district manager, who knew the real reason our revenue increased, was happy to accept that one of his stores did an amazing job of increasing revenues. I'm sure he received a big bonus. If I remember correctly, the store manager received a bonus. I think I personally won an electric screwdriver. The point is, the data was flawed. Our store should not have been judged from one summer to the next because the first summer's revenue was already below normal because the bridge was out. I didn't work there much longer. You know, I got my screwdriver, so I'm out of there. But what about the next summer? What if they decided to take our store's past two summers' data and forecast the following summer's sales? I have other examples, like the company that spent a year doing market research on the best way to find new customers and received bad information because the question asked of prospects, how did you find our number, didn't encapsulate the importance of the billboard or TV commercial. The phone number? I found you on Google. Great. Put all of our money into Google ads. No, it's not just Google ads. It's all that marketing together. This is the concern with business analytics. When talking about inaccurate data collection, I don't have a reason to believe that an automated process is misrepresenting your data. I wouldn't worry too much about that. It's when people are involved, self-reported data, or those who are unfamiliar with the data itself, taking the analysis to the next step. When someone writes some sort of code or formula which starts to manipulate or extrapolate or otherwise interpret the data, that's more of an issue. The point is that, just like spring 2020's COVID-19 data, analytics is inherently flawed. That doesn't mean it's inherently wrong. It means it's both based on inaccurate data and assumptions. If you don't know that your data, in one way or another, probably includes inaccuracies or that your predictive models include assumptions, how do you make strategic decisions? What are the flaws in your data? If you don't know, you should find out. Okay, so what about the COVID-19 data? Use this information as a guide and don't treat it as 100%. There's certainly something to be learned from it, but also understand that as two more months pass, there will be more data and the conclusions from today may be very different. Realize that comparisons between cities, counties, states, countries are all inherently challenging. This doesn't mean that you shouldn't pay attention to COVID-19 data. What it does mean is that you should put it into context and realize that the more we learn about COVID-19, the more we'll be able to build a more complete picture of what happened what's happening, and what may happen next. Thank you for listening to the Lubar Executive Education Podcast. Good luck as you move forward on your leadership journey and check back regularly for additional episodes.